We're back again. It's Chase and Josh with Factor Fantasy. That's Chase and I'm Josh, and we're here to bring you something brand new today. I know last week we gave you our midseason State of the Union. We are diving into a brand new topic today. It's going to be a one-shot episode, and we are going to be covering Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness today. Super excited. Really cool film. Plays a lot into the role of Marvel and where Marvel's going in the next phase. So it's going to be a, this is going to be definitely an important one today. So before we kind of get started and dive into it, turn it over to Chase to say a few words and then we'll get after it. Yeah, man. No, it was a, it was a badass one. This is, uh, in my opinion, one of my more uh, favorited Marvel films. So not my favorite overall, but still an excellent film. So let's get on into it, man. Sounds like a plan. You know, now that we're starting something new, let's, let's kind of put our glasses in the air, do a quick cheers, a little mouse and chows to uh, the new topic today. You know, I know this week and next week is going to be kind of Marvel focused before we dive into uh, something new after that. And so, yeah, we'll go ahead and, and cheers to it. Uh, you know, let's get it going, man. Cheers, brother. Malice and the chalice. Good stuff. All right. And I, you know, I think it's funny, too, that you mentioned this is one of your favorited films. Because when we started this podcast, one of our, our actually very first episode, we kind of ranked our Marvel films, and now that films have come out since, it's, I wonder where we would, you know, do our current MCU rankings, and maybe after, I don't know, Phase Four, or Phase Five, we'll do another Marvel rankings uh, for everyone here in the near future. I think that'd be kind of cool. But <laughs> to kind of get into this bad boy here, uh, the Multiverse of Madness, uh, the first thing I have, and I'm just going to kind of go th- straight through it, and then once I can I finish up to see if Chase has anything that he wanted to add or some things that maybe I left out he thought that was important. But to kind of just go through it real quick, you know, it starts off with a Doctor Strange in a ponytail. And that's clearly not the Doctor Strange we know in the Marvel Universe. And he's running alongside this girl. She seems like she's in her late teens, maybe early 20s. And they're trying to get away from this creature and run towards what's called the Book of Vishanti. Now, this creature, it's kind of like a fire mixed with Mr. Fantastic mixed with metal ribbons is kind of what I said. It just it, it just is a demon-looking thing that it's kind of creepy. I, I looked it up, and they said that it's potentially, and it's not confirmed, but this demon, it could be potentially be called the Satorak. Uh, and that's something that's going to be, I, I can talk a little bit more about that later on when we get into the end of it. But yes, yeah, it's potentially Satoric, which is going to cause some huge issues later in the, in the Marvel Universe if they bring this creature back. But anyways, the Doctor Strange in the multiverse, she tries, he tries to take the power uh, from the girl. She tells him, like, you're killing me. He says, I know, but in the grand calculus of the multiverse, your sacrifice is worth more than your life. And before he's able to take that power from her, that creature ends up stabbing the multiverse Doctor Strange through the chest. Uh, then the girl gets trapped by the creature. It's kind of holding her up. Uh, Stranger Things style, if you guys have seen Stranger Things. Uh, she uses her hidden power, though, and opens up a portal. And the multiverse, Doctor Strange uses his last reserves of his energy to cut her free from the monster's grasp. And then she and him enter the portal away from the creature. Now, the Doctor Strange that we know in our universe wakes up, and he's kind of in cold sweats. And it seems like a dream to him. He had a dream, and that's where he stands on it right there. So he ends up getting ready, goes to this wedding he's all dressed up nicely and at first we don't know whose wedding it is and uh, then he looks over and we see it enter and it's christine from the first doctor strange if you guys watch the film and she's marrying another man which obviously kind of sad doctor strange cares for her but he's got a lot on his plate you know saving the world and stuff and you know he even she even gives him a reason on why it wasn't going to work between them and we'll get into that in just a second but uh, you know he apologizes to her about how their situation ended 
she tells him that it would never work because he has the need to be in control. The actual word she says, like, you need to be the one holding the knife. But, but that basically means that he's got control issues and he feels like he's got to be the one to take everything on his own. And that theme plays really big into this film. He ends up, you know, towards the end, it's not all Doctor Strange. And, you know, we'll get there. But uh, she tells him that he deserves to be happy. She asks him, you know, are you happy? And he says yes. But you can tell it's like a lie. Um, then there's this big commotion on the street. And he goes to investigate it. And at first, it's, it's an invisible monster. And it's crushing this bus. And he uses his magician powers and reveals... A one-eyed octopus, and I looked this up, and this one-eyed octopus, it's actually Gargantos, a, a monster from the Marvel Universe, and it's destroying the city. It's you know, kind of throwing cars around, destroying buildings, just being an absolute menace. So the girl from the multiverse, she ends up being there, and Doctor Strange kind of recognizes her and asks if he knows her, and while he's distracted, he gets hit. And then he ends up flying to this, this convenience store type thing, and he's unconscious. Wong ends up showing up to help out. And Gargantos is kicking their ass. It grabs Wong, and Doctor Strange was knocked out for a minute. The cape's trying to slap Doctor Strange awake. Ends up grabbing the girl and brings her to what I call temporary safety. Because Gargantos then starts climbing the building where the cape brought her to to get to the girl. And finally, Doctor Strange wake up and wakes up and grabs Wong. And they're doing the best they can to try to fight it. They're using their powers as they're trying to grab it, pull it back down. And this thing just got a lot of is it, for it being a side monster, pretty strong. So eventually, what ends up happening is the cape covers the eye of Gargantos, and then Doctor Strange uses his powers to grab a street pole, almost telepathically, and then throw it and thrust it in at the last second. The cape removes itself from the creature's eye, and it goes straight through the creature's eye, and then the pole drags the pole out, and the eye's actually stuck on the pole. Looks really cool on screen, and obviously, that is the end of Gargantos, that creature. They kill it. So... Doctor Strange goes to question the girl on why the creature was after her, and she runs away and takes Doctor Strange's sling ring. He ends up cornering her, he gets the sling ring back, and tells her that she was in his dream, and she tells him that it actually wasn't a dream, that it was another universe. And that Gargantos was a henchman that works for a demon, according to the girl, and that's why the, the, the theory out there is that the demon is Satorak, which I'll talk about later on. Now, it wants her power because she's the only known being who can travel the multiverse. The kicker is, she can't control her power. It only works when she's either really scared or in life-threatening situations. And Doctor Strange learns from her and Wong that the Book of Vishanti is real, and that's what they were after to try to stop this creature in the very beginning of the film. So, the other Doctor Strange from the very beginning, multiverse Doctor Strange... Uh, was actually the Sorcerer Supreme of, this, of his universe. Obviously, Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme in this one due to a technicality. Uh, and you can tell it bugs him. Because when Wong first showed up, he said, you know, it, it's customary to bow to the Sorcerer Supreme, and he never does. Uh, I don't say, I want to say never, but, you know, <laughs> he, he doesn't at that moment. And you can tell it bothers him that Wong's the Sorcerer Supreme in our universe. So Doctor Strange asks this girl to prove that it wasn't a dream, and so she takes them to the dead body of the multiversal Doctor Strange that we see in the beginning. And this is where Doctor Strange says this really important quote. He says, It wasn't a dream. That means dreams are the windows into the lives of our multiversal selves. And she's like, yeah, that was a theory of the other Doctor Strange, too. So we learn the girl's name is America Chavez. And she's concerned that they're going to betray her like the other Doctor Strange did. That was about to take her power and kill her. And when they realize, you know, because he asks, and the, Wong asks Doctor Strange in the dream what that demon was like. And he said he saw ruins on it. He said, this isn't sorcery, 
And Doctor Strange replies, it's witchcraft. And Wong asks him, do we know anyone who's faced such a thing? And that's where the scene shifts. And if you guys notice, it actually plays the WandaVision theme in the background. And it shows Wanda happy with her kids, tucking them into bed. And she's like living this really happy, cozy life. And then she wakes up and you realize it was just a dream. And she's almost in tears. And she ends up going out to her, I just called it a tree garden. I don't know what kind of trees they were. But until she goes out to the tree garden, she's, she's cutting them, pruning them, keeping them nice and healthy. And, and then Doctor Strange shows up. You know, she tells Doctor Strange that she has put the magic behind her, and she thinks he's there to give her a hard time about Westview. And if you guys remember, that's kind of the whole plot of WandaVision. You know, she basically destroyed that city and, you know, kind of did some really fucked up shit in Westview, but ended up putting everything right in the end. Once, you know, she got the fake kids involved, and that's, you know, it's going to play <laughs> a little bit of a, a role here as well. But, anyways, uh, he tells her no, that, you know, he, that he needs her help and asks what she knows about the multiverse. Because he tells her that they found a kid who has powers to travel through the multiverse and that she's being pursued by a demon and that they have taken the kid to Kamertage for protection. So that's when Wanda asks Doctor Strange, how about, you know, instead of me going there, you bring the girl to me. You know, I know what it feels like to be, you know, misplaced and, you know, out of touch and alone. And things start to get a little weird at that point. You can see that the, the tension starts to rise and Doctor Strange realizes something's a little bit off. And she said, you never told me the child's name. He said, no, I didn't. <laughs> and then she reveals the truth with her magic. And she kind of puts her little hands across. And everything that we saw, like a beautiful tree garden, it's all dark and desolate. We see this, this like red uh, evil backdrop. And all the trees drop their leaves and they're dead and desolate looking. And uh, you know, she is in full Scarlet Witch uniform with the Darkhold book open. And what the Darkhold book is, if you guys don't realize, it's the book of the damned that corrupts everyone and everything that touches it. But she tells Doctor Strange that it showed her the truth and that everything she lost can be hers again. And she wants America because she wants to travel the multiverse and leave their current reality and go to a reality where she can be with her children. And Doctor Strange tells her that her children aren't real, that she created them using magic. And so the whole thing is now... is. Scarlet Witch or Wanda, whatever you want to call her at this point, she wants to take the child's power. So she demands that Doctor Strange returns to Kamertage and turn the kid over by sundown, or it'll be the Scarlet Witch that comes to her. So then we kind of cut over to Kamertage, and Wong is debriefing with all the sorcerers, and him and Doctor Strange try to explain the gravity of the situation, that if Wanda gets America's power, she could enslave the entire multiverse. So they end up turning Kamertage into a fortress to, to defend it against Wanda or Scarlet Witch, and... The masters of Hong Kong and the London Sanctums arrive as reinforcements too. And, and it's funny because as, since Wong is Sorcerer Supreme, uh, Doctor Strange didn't even know these people existed. <laughs> like, it was really, really funny that he, Wong has all this knowledge that Doctor Strange does. And you could tell, like I said, it, it definitely bothers Doctor Strange. So anyway, Star Scarlet Witch arrives and she and Doctor Strange attempt a quick little parlay, see if they can reach a deal. And she's like, basically, this is the deal. You hand over the kid and I won't destroy this motherfucker. <laughs> and he's like, well, this ain't gonna happen. So no deal's made and she ends up attacking Kamertage. And that, I thought the really cool thing, the first breach in defense is she was able to get inside one of the minds of the people who was holding the shield up and she causes him to waver and run away and he's bumping into others and ends up weakening the shield until she opens, like, finds an opening and, and just, just, just blasts straight into it. And by, they've got, I don't know, it looks like hundreds of people defending that fortress. And she, by herself, is kicking all of their asses. 
Then we end up getting this little 1v1 against Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange puts her quickly into the mirror dimension. You can see that she's like looking at it, and then it's she ends up realizing there's some sort of water that she puts her hands through, and she looks into it and can see the reflection. And so she's starting to use the reflections in that mirror dimension to pull people through. And Doctor Strange is like, oh, cover up the reflections, and they start putting towels over it, but it's too late. She ends up seeing, you know, because the America ends up looking down into what a small puddle and sees the eye of Scarlet Witch, and she like splashes a puddle away, and that's where Scarlet Witch ends up pulling herself through in a weird, I almost called it like a horror film. She, her own broken body's like snapping through this gong that she comes out of and goes back into place, and it just was really creepy. But uh, anyways, she tells Doctor Strange that she knows her children do exist because she dreams of them every night, and if you remember just a little bit ago we were just mentioning, Doctor Strange's theory is that the dreams are now a window into the lives of their multiversal selves. So she thinks, well, since I've been dreaming of these children, I know they exist. So, uh, Doctor Strange asks, okay, let's say your children do exist. What do you plan to do with their mother? And obviously, we can infer the fact that she wants to be their mother, that she's going to kill their mother. <laughs> so, uh, Scar, which starts to draw out America's power, and America ends up opening a portal accidentally to the multiverse, and Doctor Strange jumps into her, knocking them both into the portal, and Scar, which like, throws like a blast at him, ends up catching him in the cape in the shoulder, but... It doesn't harm him because that cape has little mystical powers of its own. And then when they end up falling through, and I, I counted it, they fell through 21 dimensions. And I thought they were actually pretty, some of them were pretty cool. There was one with dinosaurs in it, one with Looney Tunes in it, one with the paint expressionist thing. I thought that was really interesting. But I ended up falling through 21 dimensions that I counted. And he ends up lifting up his cape and it's all like it's, it's damaged right from the blast that it took from Scarlet Witch. But... He then asks her to open up, asks America, Doctor Strange asks America to open a portal to get them back to their universe because Wanda is alone with Wong and Doctor Strange is the only hope that Wong has and America tells him that she can't. She didn't do it on purpose and can't control her powers. And so, you know, Doctor Strange asks, well, there's got to be a multiversal version of you that does know how to control her powers. And she said, well, no, no other universe. I don't exist in any other universe. And she said that she's been to 72 of them, 73 of them. And that she's looked for herself and could never find herself and she doesn't have dreams. So that leads us to believe that she's the only version of herself. And so America thinks that the Book of Ashanti can stop whoever is after her. And they, so that what they do is they go to find another Doctor Strange in the universe that they landed in. Now this is like a small little ad and I just thought it was really funny for those who pay attention. Because this film was directed by Sam Raimi, the guy who did the first three Spider-Men. And I don't know if you people realize... There's an actor that always shows up and plays a role in every single one of Sam Raimi's movies. And if you've ever watched the, uh, the TV show Burn Notice on USA Network, it's uh, the, the best friend of the main character. In that show, his name is Sam Axe, but the actor's name who plays him is Bruce Campbell. He's the street food guy in this show. And he gives uh, America a hard time for not paying for the pizza bites. And uh, but I just thought it was really cool though is him and Sam Raimi are really good friends in real life and he makes an appearance in every Sam Raimi film just a small one but it's supposed to be every role he makes he does a, a, a makes a pivotal moment and I thought that was kind of cool because I'll, I'll kind of go through that and, and just you know towards the, probably towards the end to just make it a little bit interesting but anyways uh, he ends up accosting this poor girl about trying to get the food because she thought that she didn't have to pay for it. She said in most universes you don't have to pay for it but this happened to be one that you did have to pay for it. and so Doctor Strange puts the spell on on the pizza papa is what he called himself and ends up punching him in the face and says we'll wear off in about three weeks and the reason I've, i even decided to put that in there is because towards the end there's a after credit scene i think it's kind of funny but anyways 
So like I said, America tells Doctor Strange that she's been to 73 universes, and they end up walking through, and they end up still stepping on a core memory pad. And what the core memory pad is, it, it plays a significant memory in your life, and it kind of puts it in a movie form so you can see it in front of you. So Doctor Strange steps on this thing, and it plays the significant memory of him, and it's where he has dinner with Christine, and she gives him this watch. And this watch ends up playing a pivotal role later on in this film. But also, uh, it shows the, the kind of hidden feelings that he has for her. He really does care about her. And that one of his cornerstone memories of his life is that dinner that he had with her and the gift that she gave him. So uh, you can see he's kind of uncomfortable. He's like, we don't have time for this. Then America steps on one. And I think she did it on purpose just to you know, draw, I don't know, similarities or just you know, feel connected in a way because she knows that how embarrassing that probably was him for him so she steps on one and it shows her core memory and it's of her home planet and her two mothers and it shows us the first time that she opened a portal and how all of them were sucked in and she hasn't been able to find her mother sent so she thinks that she's killed them but dr strange he tries to comfort her and tell her that her parents probably survived and that he's sure that they'd see each other again someday so they end up walking through this different universe and they see a statue of Doctor Strange and they realize Doctor Strange is actually dead in this universe. And the master of the sanctum in this universe, and this universe is, is numbered 838. So the master of the sanctum in uh, universe 838 is Mordo, who previously in another Doctor Strange film turned against Doctor Strange in our universe. So obviously there's a little bit of hesitancy to trust him in this universe as well. But this Mordo seems nice and friendly and embraces Doctor Strange and asks him to tell him everything about their universe. So Mordo tells him that in the Darkhold there's a spell that's corrosive to the soul. It's called dreamwalking. And that a dreamwalking sorcerer projects their own consciousness from their universe into another, possessing the body of an alternate self. And they may puppeteer the doppelganger and pursue their enemies from afar. And that the possession is not a permanent link between realities, but in the time that they dreamwalk, they can do irreparable damage to the universe that they invade. So it may not be a demon that they face, it may be the Scarlet Witch. And this dreamwalking thing is going to play a huge role throughout this entire film, in many different ways. So Doctor Strange asks what Mordo knows about the Book of Ashanti, and Mordo tells him that it's the Darkhold's antithesis, and can give a sorcerer whatever power they need to vanquish their enemy. That's the book that... The original, not I wouldn't say the original, but the, the Doctor Strange in the very beginning of this film that was with America was trying to go after, and we saw it on that dais, right? On the raised dais. So, anyway, stuff starts becoming distorted, and we realize that Mordo tells him that it's not Wanda Maximoff that threatens the reality, that it's Doctor Strange in America, and we realize that Mordo drugged their tea. And as Doctor Strange falls down, he looks at something, and he says, The Sands of Nishanti, she's coming. And that's when the Wanda in our universe, I call it ours, uh, dreamwalks and possesses the Wanda from Universe 838 that has her, that, that one that she realizes that her children are in, and the children, just for future reference, are named Tommy and Billy. So now it, the scene cuts back, and it's where, uh, where, where, where like, one of the, the guardians of the Comertage, named Sarah, she comes to the aid of Wong. She is injured, and Wong tells her to set him free so he can destroy the book. And Sarah tells him no, because it cannot be him that destroys it, because he's a Sorcerer Supreme. So what she does is, while uh, Scarlet Witch is in this trance, dreamwalking in the other universe, it's this Sarah girl, one of the, the sorcerers, or the defenders of Kamertaj, she jumps on the Darkhold, takes out her knife, and stabs it. 
and the Darkhold ends up burning up and crumbling into ashes since she touched it and she's the one that destroyed it it also killed her as well so that burned her body to ashes and that's what wakes up Wanda out of there that's what wakes up Scarlet Witch out of the dream walk and she sees that the Darkhold has been destroyed so she attacks Wong and throws him out into the courtyard and he tells her that you're gonna have to kill me I'm not giving up anything about it and what ends up happening is she lifts up some of the survivors from her initial assault on Comertage and he tells her that she tells him that she will kill them if he doesn't let you know help her figure out a solution so he ends up telling her that the Darkhold was a copy and that it was transcribed from the walls of Mount Wondagore. He also tells her that no one has ever survived that journey to Mount Wondagore. And so what she does is she ends up magically taking the sling ring off a dead sorcerer and gives it to Wong and says, well, perhaps we'll be the exception. Meaning she's taking him with her. So if one of them dies, they both die. Now, to go forward from there, Doctor Strange wakes up after being drugged from the tea and he has these magic blocking cuffs on and him and America are in two different polycarbonate holding cells. And Universe 838 Christine is one of the scientists and she tells him that they're being held for surveillance and testing. And what we learned for, when I say our universe, we learned that they numbered our universe as 616. So we're Universe 616 in, in their mind. She's the one that labeled it. But Doctor Strange asks 838 Christine what him and her were in the 838 universe. And she says they never quite figured it out. And he said, that sounds about right, because they never really figured out what they were in our universe either in 616. So we also, at this point, we learned that the defenders of 838, universe 838, they're not the Avengers, not S.H.I.E.L.D., not HYDRA, they are the Illuminati. And they take Doctor Strange before the Illuminati. And the scene then shifts to Wong and Scarlet Witch, and they're portaling to Mount Wondagore. And Wong tells her that the first demon, Chitan, or Katan, carved his dark magic into the tomb and his spells were transcribed into the Darkhold. And as they're entering this temple here, four stone giant troll monsters approach and you think they're going to attack and it's going to be a huge battle, but they end up bowing before Scarlet Witch and she says this isn't a tomb, it's a throne. And you look behind her and there's a stone carving of her beyond the, ra like beyond the raised dais. It looks just like her and it shows her in that same exact position it was almost a, a fortune telling, you know, a prophecy fulfilled of her coming there. So it said it's a, it's not a tomb, it's a throne. Scene shifts back to Doctor Strange being taken before the Illuminati, and the Illuminati is comprised in this universe of Captain Carter, which is our equivalent of Captain America, Blackagar Boltagon. He's the guy that if he opens his mouth, it destroys whatever he speaks to. <laughs> uh, Captain Marvel, but it's not Carol Danvers. Different from Captain Marvel. Reed Richards, which is Mr. Fantastic, played by uh, John Krasinski in this film, which was actually really cool. I think he did a great job with it. And also Professor Charles Xavier, better known as Professor X from the X-Men. Uh, we also learned from them in their conversation that an incursion occurs when the boundary between two universes erode and they collide, destroying both or one of the universes entirely. And we learned that the universe 838's Doctor Strange created the Illuminati to make difficult decisions that no one else could. So it's their version of the Avengers in a way, I guess we can call it. But Captain Marvel, their Captain Marvel, tells Doctor Strange they can handle his little witch if she decides to dreamwalk. And Doctor Strange says, no, you cannot. <laughs> He's like, unless you give me the Book of Vishanti. And so they really think that they've got this all covered. And then Professor X lays this big, drops this bombshell on us and says that the universe 838's Doctor Strange did
didn't die in the fight against Thanos, that that was a lie that they sold to the public because the public needs heroes. So the scene, the scene then shifts, and Wong questions Scarlet Witch on why she would forcefully take America's powers for her own when she knows it would kill America. Because all she really needs to do is have America take her to the proper universe where her children are and just leave her there. And, America, and, and Scarlet Witch says, because there, in, uh, because there is a solution for every problem throughout the infinite universes. So she wants to do it to protect her children. She's like, there's a cure for every disease. Any sort of problem, one of these universes is going to have it. It's like, and, and there's infinite universes, there's infinite solutions. If I've got the power to, to cross all these multiverses, I'm never going to be in a position where you know, I lose my children. They're always going to be okay, and I want to have that power to do so. So that's why she doesn't just get dropped off into the universe with her children. She wants to take it a step further and have total control. So then Scarlet Witch uses her powers and launches Wong over the side of Mount Wondergore. And he tries to use his magic to latch on to the ledge, but it doesn't work. And he actually falls. And so we just see him falling. Then the scene cuts back to the Illuminati. And they tell our Doctor Strange, like Universe 616 Doctor Strange, that the Universe 838's Doctor Strange turned to the Darkhold and began dreamwalking, and he inadvertently triggered an incursion caused by an annihilation of an entire universe and that everyone in that reality died. And from there, he renounced the Darkhold, helped them find the Book of Ashanti, which they did use to defeat Thanos. And then we saw this, the scene, because Professor X kind of showed them or showed him in a vision exactly what happened. And we saw, and I thought it was kind of cool visually to see this, we saw Thanos like, like you know, laid out dead with his own thing, his own weapon stabbed through him. And then Universe 838's Doctor Strange was on his knees before the Illuminati. And they like, they basically let him know, we've got to kill you. And he's like, I understand that. I'm, I'm here to make the sacrifice. I'm ready to go. And that's when we see the power of Blackagar Boltagon is when he opens his mouth. He says, I'm sorry. And with him opening his mouth, those the, the uh, sonic waves destroy the universe 838 Doctor Strange, kill him, and there's no more 838 Doctor Strange. So, because he was the last remaining threat, as he's the one that touched the Dark Hold, and he was a, to their universe, in their mind, that was the only way to go about it. He was the last remaining threat, and they, they had to take him out. So, then all of a sudden, these alarms start going off, and Scarlet Witch is dreamwalking in 838 Wanda's body, and she's taking out every security of the building. All these droids are going up and just getting mollywopped. She's kicking their fucking ass. So, the Illuminati, they do go to confront her. But Professor X stays behind. And he tells Doctor Strange that he is to save the girl and find the Book of Ashanti if things go south here. And that's where Mordo was like, you can't trust this man. And Professor X like, I says, I believe I can. I think he's different than, you know, so it uh, ends up being... Really, really interesting. So that's when the Illuminati end up. You know, we see Scarlet Witch. She's walking in the A3 Wanda's body, going right towards the polycarbonate tank that America's being held in. And that's we think that <laughs> she's going to be screwed right then and there because you see Christine trying to bang open the door and she can't. And then you know America is using some of her power and cause a shatter in it, but not before Wanda's about to get to them. That's when the Illuminati gets right in front of her and. Uh, Reed Richards, our boy Mr. Fantastic, tries to negotiate with her. Says, hey, listen, I have children. I understand. And she's like, well, is their mother still alive? He said, yes. She said, good. And there will be someone left to raise them. Fucking ruthless, man. Like She had no cares <laughs> in the world. And then she, 
he they, he like, he's kind of getting cocky. But he's like, you know that that black gun, bolt gun can just kill you by opening his mouth. And she goes, what mouth? And it looks back over to him, and his he doesn't have a mouth anymore. She used her magic to just make a mouth disappear, and then she like erupted his brain on the inside, it caused some sort of like brain destruction. I don't even want to call it. It kills him, so he's the first one gone. Then she unravels Mr. Fantastic. Almost like little ribbon, just unraveled him. He's <laughs> like little stringy things that disappeared into the thin air. It was really creepy. And then the battle rages on. We got you know Captain Carter and Captain Marvel. They are doing their best to hold their own. Eventually, she ends up knocking Captain Marvel through the the, the building, and it's one on one with her and Captain Carter. And Captain Carter, they did that little quick, little wink nod to Captain America. She's like, "All right, haven't you had enough yet?" She's like, "I could do this all day." <laughs> so I thought that, <laughs> that was, was pretty cool. cool. And then awesome. she, then she ends up grabbing her shield and and throws it with all her might right at Scarlet Witch, and Scarlet grabs it with her magic, turns around, flings it back at her, and it cuts her in half, Darth Maul style. Her like, like body fell from one side, and she cut in half right around the waist area. It was disgusting, but now. Captain Carter's dead, and it's just Captain Marvel, and uh, Wanda left. And I say Wanda because Scarlet Witch is controlling her in the dreamwalking state. And Captain Marvel does her best, give her a good fight. And we're supposed to, we were led to believe that Captain Marvel is the most powerful being in the Marvel Universe. It doesn't turn out that way, though, because even though she gives her a good fight, in the end, Scarlet Witch ends up being too strong for her. Knocks her down, takes off probably like a, her... But almost suit almost in a way that he, she was like doing that power strike that they were you know comparing each other's energies and and you could see she was a little bit strong and they end up both falling away from each other then Scarlet Witch brings down the huge statue on Captain Marvel and you see like her hand go limp so Scarlet Witch took out the entire Illuminati by herself <laughs> didn't really take barely any damage and she uses a machine but what that did do after she killed every fucking one of them it did give uh, America enough time to escape from that party carbonate chamber. So, anyways, Doctor Strange ends up pissing Mordo off enough for Mordo to attack him, and they end up battling each other. And eventually, they break the cuffs to where now each one. Like, so he did this really cool thing. He got one of the cuffs off. And he latched onto Mordo, and they get they hung up on this wall thing here, and they break those things. So now each one of them have a magic cuff on the other, so the other one can, none of them can use magic. So I thought that was really cool. But ends up Doctor Strange was able to get out of the little pit that they jumped into. And he dragged himself up on, on the ledge and, and ran off. And um, yeah, it ends up where Doctor Strange ends up escaping there. So Wanda comes from America and they she gets cornered. And what ends up happening here is Christine tries to help America escape. And that's where Professor X steps in and he enters Wanda's mind. So the entire Illuminati forgot about Professor X. It was his time to shine. He uses his power, goes inside... Wanda's mind, and he what he tries to do because he sees underneath some rubble there the actual Wanda, not not Scarlet Witch that's that's controlling her, but the actual Wanda of her own mind is is kind of imprisoned underneath all this almost like a, a little cave type of thing I like to call it, and he goes to pull her out, but because he thinks what he ends up thinking he thinks that if he enters that mind and pulls her out that she's gonna be able to come back into her own mind and, and basically break the connection in the dreamwalk state that Scarlet Witch has over. And that was a great idea, except that they really underestimated how strong Scarlet Witch was. And he saw the red smoke and clouds come up to him and snap his neck from behind before they were able to get her out. So he's dead too. Uh, yeah, and so it was a long enough delay though for America to get out of that holding cell. 
So then they're running and Doctor Strange ends up reuniting with America and he asks Christine to take him to the waypoint that the 838 version of himself created so that way they could get to the Book of Ashanti. And you know, Christine has her trepidations, reservations about trusting him and that's when America's like, no, you can trust him. I don't know what it is, but this one's different. And so she ends up taking off the remaining magic, the, 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 what I call the magic blocking cuff. I don't really know what it's called, but the magic blocking cuff, she ends up taking off the remaining there. So now he can use his magic again. And now we're, now we're cooking with some Crisco. So Wanda's pursuing them and ends up courting them. And that's where Doctor Strange buys them time by breaking the ceiling and causing some sort of flood. And then we end up getting to this vault and they don't know what the key is. And it ends up being, like I said, that watch played a big role coming up here. The watch that Christine gave him fit perfectly into the vault. And that was the key to opening the vault. And if you, if you notice on that watch the the screen of it or the glass of it was cracked and broken and so I wanted to mention that just because towards the end something else that happens but he ends up putting the the watch into the vault lock and it opens the lock and we see this opening of a door into this strange sort of realm or dimension and we see the book of Ashanti there just on this on this little dais and that's when they they all jump down and they they land on the little platform and they approach the book of Ashanti. Doctor Strange actually grabs it. But as he grabs it and goes open it, we see these uh, the the red energy grab America and bring her to Wanda and she's almost holding her hostage in a way. But Wanda catches it, yeah, grabs it, Wanda burns the book of Ashanti with her powers as she's got America in her in her clutches. And what she does, she ends up using her powers to cause America to open up portals in other dimensions with America's powers. And she launches Doctor Strange and Christine through those uh, portals and then closes all the portals except the one to our universe, 616, where she's at Mount Wondergore and she throws America into our universe. And because Scarlet Witch doesn't need a dreamwalk anymore because now she's in the proper universe, she cuts off the dreamwalking thing and Wanda comes back to herself in universe 838. But now America is kind of screwed because she's in Mount Wondergore in front of the Scarlet Witch in our universe 616. So uh, Scarlet Witch she ends up putting America on the sacrificial table is what I called it kind of laid her out on the sacrificial table. That's when the the scene shifts to Doctor Strange and Christine and they landed into a universe where two realities had collided and stuff's all sorts of weird there. Things are out of place. It doesn't look right so they realize they, they landed in one of the incursions like a spot where the reality collided into each other. And this is where we meet another Doctor Strange counterpart, another multiversal Doctor Strange here, and he asks our Doctor Strange to prove that he really is a Doctor Strange, and that's when our Doctor Strange tells him the story about his sister Donna, who died falling through the ice and he couldn't save her, well before he was trained in the mystic arts, obviously. So, the Doctor Strange in this universe, we learn, because he, he saw the quick little flicker of the the black and red like smoke or something he's like he realizes the doctor strange in this universe is the garter of the darkhold and so our doctor strange asks me he said i i we need to use the darkhold to communicate with our reality and then this that universe that they jumped into that doctor strange the garter of the darkhold said he warns me said hey this dark the darkhold takes a heavy toll and so we start to see exactly what it means by that because this universe is doctor strange he he looks up and he opens the third eye. And it looks creepy as hell. He's like, the two eyes here and the third one opens in the center of his forehead. And uh, the use, so basically what this does, the usage of the Darkhold, if our Doctor Strange gives this one, it, like what he does is he gives it to the other, like, the other Christine. It's like a deal he wants to make. He's like, look, 
I'll give you this Darkhold. You can use it, but you give me your Christine. And he's like, I don't think she'll go for that. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I didn't think so. And then they had this really weird battle. And why I call it a weird battle? It's not, it wasn't a lot of punching and kicking. It was a lot of using their powers, but all through musical notes. It was very strange. I didn't really understand it too well, but they just started attacking each other with musical notes that they were finding throughout the Sanctum Sanctorium, or what was left of it, because you could see everything was kind of destroyed in that reality for the most part. And it just was really, really weird. I said that, I even said that in the notes, I said, the Doctor Strange battles strangely through the usage of musical notes. <laughs> I was like, I don't really know what's going on. But our Doctor Strange, 616 Doctor Strange, gets the upper hand through the use of this harp with that single note, ends up knocking the bad Doctor Strange out of the Sanctorium and onto the spiked fence down below. I even called it Saruman style from the uh, the Lord <laughs> of the Rings when... It was, uh, when uh, Yeah, Wormtongue. You know, again, this was a film version. Of course, this didn't happen in the Lord of the Rings novel. So just kind of giving you guys a quick little flashback to something we just covered not too long ago. It's where Wormtongue stabbed Saruman and pushed him off Orthonk and he tumbled end over end and fell on the windmill spike. It kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> A lot like that, that this Doctor Strange with the third eye here ends up getting blasted through and falls from the Sanctum Sanctorium onto the spiked fence down below. And it was even creepy, kind of, because Christine walks up to him and before he dies, the third eye opens one last time and she, like, freaks out a little bit. So I thought that was pretty cool. But then the sheen shifts to Wong and Wong isn't dead. He ends up, he fell unconscious onto like a precipice and he was awoken by the sound of his magic grappling hook thing clinking against the mountain so he's not done yet he's still he's still kicking well we you know last we saw him he fell over the edge so we didn't know what went on you know they already killed everyone basically in the in the commentage so shoot we thought maybe they killed wong too but no he's still there kicking there we go uh that's that's when the scene cuts back to dr strange and he's using the dark hold and sees into our universe the 616 universe and he sees America with Scarlet Witch. So Doctor Strange asks Christine, the A38 Christine, to help him and protect his body in case the souls of the damned come after him for trespassing. So this is really creepy because she's like, well, don't you need another verse, like a multiversal version of yourself to dreamwalk? And he's like, well, no one ever said they had to be alive. And that's when Doctor Strange dreamwalks into the dead body of the first Doctor Strange we saw in the very beginning of the film that he buried after they destroyed the octopus-looking thing and ends up, you know, uh, opening that tomb that he made for him with his magic. And now we got this really creepy Frankenstein-looking... <laughs> uh, the monster of Frankenstein-looking Doctor Strange, I should say, being controlled by the Doctor Strange that we know. And he's dreamwalking into that body. And so, uh, well, we, as, as he starts making his way towards Wondergore, we see the souls start to erupt from the, the, the dreamwalking body, the, the dead Doctor Strange's body. And they say, like, possessing a dead body is forbidden, and to cease the dreamwalk immediately or face the eternal consequences. And so the souls erupt from his body and the broken reality universe as well, with Christine there. And she ends up using what's called the Brazier of Bomb Goliath to destroy the souls and attacking them. It was really cool. She she had this, you could see it, it was, it was like a pot and it had like this weird energy in it and she put a candle in front of it and it blasted fire out and destroyed the souls there. So I thought that was pretty cool and that's how she was trying to keep his body safe. And that's, uh, she grub, the grubs him and he, he's opening his eyes and she tells him, hey, you know, you're a master of the mystic arts. These are just spirits. Like, use these spirits. You have the power to do that. 
And that's when he starts, you know, really realizing the power that he has over the spirits. And she's the one that helped him realize it. So it's awesome that Christine's helping him, even though they're not the right universal match for each other. Thought it was pretty cool. But anyways, he ends up mastering the souls and he turns them into the form of some wings, almost like bat wings. And he ends up flying his way towards uh, Wondergore. Now, this is where the stone trolls, they go to stop him from entering there. And this is where our boy Wong was making his way back up the cliff. He shoots his little weapon, takes the front stone troll looking thing up through the, the mouth and put it through the top of his head. And the first troll stone troll looking thing is gone. And there's only three left. And uh, that's when Doctor Strange gets there, lands and just uses his power and knocks all the rest of them off the cliff. And bye bye stone trolls. All four of them are gone. And that's when he looks at, at, at Scarlet Witch and he says, this time... It's going to take more than killing me to kill me. <laughs> that was really weird, but it was a really funny thing. Uh, but anyways, I had a little bit of humor in it too. I, I enjoyed that little quote, so I, I wrote it in there. But anyways, he makes the souls that he's mastered trap and surround her. Then him and Wong use their powers and try to seal her in, but she's very powerful and starts to break free. So Wong ends up telling Doctor Strange, hey, listen, the only chance we have is if you take America's powers for yourself. Knowing that, hey, if we take America's powers, it's going to kill her. So, uh, the, the whole thing is they just don't want Wanda to get them. You know, so now, this, our Doctor Strange has to make a choice if he's going to take her powers or not. Like I said, if he doesn't take her powers, she's going to die. And what I thought was really cool here, this, if you didn't really pay attention or something that's easily overlooked, this is a really awesome full circle moment because it takes it from the very beginning of the movie to right here. It was a really cool full circle moment of how the body of the Doctor Strange that originally betrayed America makes amends by doing the right thing even though it's our Doctor Strange that's controlling the dead body of the other Strange that betrayed her. So in America's mind it's like okay th this Doctor Strange betrayed me but this Doctor Strange is not, not really the same one but the body of him is the one that's you know making amends for it and, and he says you know he tells her to trust herself and that her power and trusting herself and her power and even makes her realize that every time she has opened a portal even by accident she has taken them exactly where they needed to go. And so Wanda ends up breaking free out of the, the soul's trap and, uh, you know, she attacks and she's got Doctor Strange and she's close to killing him. And that's when America comes flying in with a super punch and that opens a portal and she starts swinging at Scarlet Witch and gets her to the, the very edge, the precipice of falling off into that cliff into the portal. But Scarlet Witch starts to make a comeback. She's just too strong for everyone, man. So then uh, it gets to the point where... America's like, all right, well, we're going to take you to the one place where we might be able to work this bad boy out. And she hits her again, and the portal takes him to the house on Universe 838 of the original, not going to say the original, but the 838 Wanda's house with the 838 Wanda's kids, Tommy and Billy. So this is where the, they, she ended up doing this because what she wanted to do, and it ended up working, she wanted to see, like, she wanted Scarlet Witch to realize what these kids thought of her. Like you want, to, you want these kids. These kids don't want you. They've got their own mother. Now look at you. You're like a monster. You're trying to take their mother away from them. You're trying to kill their mother and be their mother. And you know, I thought that was really interesting. But basically, when she realizes like her mistake and realizes what she's done and how these children view her, it's they they are pleading with her. They they try to start attacking her and it's like, please don't hurt us. Please don't hurt us. She's like, I would never hurt you. I would never hurt anyone. And they're crying as they want their mom. And she ends up looking over at the other A38 Wanda and she realizes. Like what I'm doing isn't isn't gonna help anything. Like they're not these kids aren't gonna want me when it's all done anyways. If I do go through this plan of killing their mother and trying to become their mother, they they're never gonna love me. 
because I've taken everything from them. So she ends up realizing it, and then she just, you can see it. It's, she feels broken, and she drops down to her knees, uh, you know, and I, I, I even said this. I said the universe 8381, she takes pity on Scarlet Witch. Instead of trying to kill her or attacking her in a vulnerable position, she looks at our Wanda, you know, because I think at this point she's kind of broken the Scarlet Witch spell, and, you know, so I call her our Wanda, and she tells her, you know, she says, just know that the kids will be loved. And that's when America brings everyone back to our universe, 616. Uh, well, not everyone, but her and uh, Scarlet Witch. And that's where Doctor Strange tells America, hey, get out of there. And, um, take, and she ends up opening a portal and takes Wong with her. And that's when Wanda turns to the dead bodies, Doctor Strange, controlled by our Doctor Strange. And she says that she's the one that opened the dark hole and that she needs to be the one who closes it. And tells Doctor Strange that no one will ever again be tempted by the dark hole. And so she uses her absurd powers and brings down the entire temple of Mount Wondergore herself, just collapsing it, destroying it. And then the scene shifts to the Doctor Strange in the broken reality, and he brings Christine back to consciousness and tells her that, hey, America's on her way to get us. And look down and they see the dark hole burst into flames, and he realizes that Wanda destroyed every dark hole in every universe. And they look at each other, and Christine says she did the right thing. He's like, yeah, she did the right thing. So they end up having a little, little bit of a last conversation, 838 Christine, Doctor Strange, and you know, we realize that 838 Christine cannot go with him to this universe, even though it seems that they've got a good shot at being together, they just went through all that, and they have an understanding, she can't go because her, her presence in that universe could cause an incursion, especially since there's already a Christine there who's married to someone else, and you know, that'd be very weird if two Christines saw each other, so obviously it couldn't cause an incursion in reality, so she realizes she can't go. Um, you know, but this is where Doctor Strange pulls out, you know, the old, the, the great speech, the great love speech. He tells, he says, you know, that uh, he loves her and that he loves her in every universe. And basically, the whole problem is that he gets scared when it comes to love and someone caring about him. And that's when eight three eight Christine tells him to face his fears. And I thought that was really cool. But then we see a portal open up, but then we don't see anything right after that. And then it kind of shifts. You can see there's a little bit of a time lapse, and this, this scene shifts to the Comertage. It's being rebuilt, and you see the training recommencing. And we see that America is one of the new trainees. So she's training to be a sorcerer herself. And she's like finding it hard to open up a portal the sorcerer way versus her own the power way, you know, because there's different types of portals. But, uh, you know, the one that can open the multiverse, which she's got the power to do, and then also the portals that, you know, the regular sorcerers do uh, who were trained under, you know, the Sorcerer Supreme Wong and obviously Doctor Strange as well. So. Uh, that's when we kind of get to this part where Doctor Strange asks Wong if he's happy, and Wong doesn't really give him a straight answer. He tells him that he remains grateful regardless of the tribulations that occur in their universe. And this is where we get the moment where I said, you know, Doctor Strange always gives him a hard time, never, you know, customarily bows to him like he's supposed to. This is Doctor Strange swallows his pride, bows to Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme, and opens a portal to the Sanctum Sanctorum, and he's about to leave. And America runs up to him and tells him that she's happy that she fell into his universe. And he tells her that he is happy that she fell into his universe too. And it kind of brings us into now Doctor Strange is back into our universe and he's at his own little uh, office and uh, he fixes the glass plate that was cracked on the watch that Christine gave him. And that's that full circle moment that was mentioned about that watch and the glass that was broken. Then he ends up walking outside seemingly just like a regular day, taking a stroll on the sidewalk on the street. And also he falls to his knees in agony and is yelling out in pain and crying out. And all of a sudden you see, right before the end of the film, the third eye opening on our Doctor Strange's head. And I wrote down in my notes, that's the toll of using the Darkhold. And so that's the ending of the film. But then we have two after credit scenes. 
and the first after credits scene super cool so the first after credits scene we see a stranger in unfamiliar uniform and calls out to dr strange as he's walking and he says can i help you and the woman tells him that he caused an incursion and they're gonna fix it then she opens up this portal herself with a strange knife or a sword i don't know what you want to call it but some sort of blade that was like a cosmic blade and she opens up like a rips rips open in just the regular air a portal and she goes unless you're afraid and then he pulls his scarf and it ends up turning into his cloak and now he's magically in full uniform then the third eye opens on his head and he replies not in the least and they jump in and that's the end of that end of credit scene and when i did a little bit of research that girl's name is actually clea and i don't want to give away anything if you guys want to look up on your own because of what's coming into the marvel phases of what who clea is and why she's important not going to mention it you look it up on your own but it will have a lot of spoilers for you i don't think you'll really enjoy uh, so i just want to let you guys know that the the character's name is clea though and she plays a big role in the marvel universe in the comics then we have the second after credit scene and it was the guy the pizza papa who was cursed to punch himself in the face continuously it finally stops and what the meaning i took from that is the the whole movie from front to the very very end of credit scene took about three weeks in time because he said it takes three weeks for this to lay off so i thought that was pretty cool and that closes out the second end credit scene and really that's the end of the movie in its entirety and and yeah that was a full summary man so i know i kind of took a lot right there chase was there anything that you know i left off that you picked up on that you wanted to mention or how do we do there Oh, you pretty much nailed it, man. That was awesome. Um, just a couple of things here, and you pretty much touched on all of it. Just one thing I really picked up from this is you really see Wanda's power in this. And we were talking about it earlier today before we started the show, just kind of going over some show prep. It, honestly, in all honesty, you can rank her higher than Doctor Strange as far as just power and strength based on what she proved here. And people argue, you know, Doctor Strange, now that you can technically, I guess you can, I mean, we'll talk about someone next week that ranks up there. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Doctor Strange is like, you can argue one of the most powerful Avengers, in my opinion. And Wanda topping that is phenomenal. But there are a couple of things in, uh, I do want to read this conversation here because actually what you might not have picked up on, it kind of gives this almost full circle moment to Infinity War. And actually another uh, little Easter egg here that you, um, I think you probably noticed, you might not have noticed, when he did the zombie thing, when he was like taking over the body with the demons, you know when he had his arms? He did that same move against Thanos before he gave him the time stone. Hmm. But it was without zombies, it was just his arms. But I like this conversation they have, which you went over uh, when she first tricks him into coming there because it's kind of like a challenge, and she does this a lot to him throughout the film where it's almost like you have that number one, number two thing. Like, they keep going back at it, but it's like evil versus good, like light versus dark. And Wanda, when they first get there, it, it, I love this conversation because she goes, I'm going to leave this reality and go to the one where I can be with my children. Strange says, Wanda, your children aren't real. You created them using magic. That's what every mother does. If you knew there was a universe, where were, happy, where were you when you wanted to go there? And Strange said, I am happy. And Wanda said, I know better than most what self-deception looks like. And Strange says, 
what you're doing is a flagrant violation of every natural law, and if you take that child's power, she won't survive. Wanda, I don't relish hurting anyone, Stephen, but she's not a child. She's a supernatural being. Such a raw power could wreak havoc on the universe and other worlds. Her sacrifice would be a, for the greater good. A little funny. <laughs> a little tip to Geller Grindelwald there, I guess. Strange said, well, you can kiss the lunchbox goodbye, because that's <laughs> the kind of justification our enemies use. And Wanda says, is it the one you used when you gave Thanos the time stone? Strange says, that was war, and I had to do what I had to do. You break the rules and become a hero. I do it, and I become the enemy. That doesn't seem fair. What happens now? Return to Comitage and prepare to hand over America Chavez by sundown peacefully. After that, you'll never see me again. And if we don't, this is your line, then it won't be Wanda that comes for her. It'll be the Scarlet Witch. And even when they get there, it was great because, remember, they had that altercation where she was talking about, this is me being reasonable. <laughs> like, imagine if I wasn't reasonable. So I just thought it was great, and it was kind of like a full circle moment, like throwing it back into his face, like, okay, I can sacrifice one girl, but remember you sacrificed everyone when you gave her the time stone. So it's kind of like that one versus two thing. So I thought it was great. Um, I, I really love the visuals in this film. Like the visuals were phenomenal. It kind of reminded me of, you know, just a, a side note here, interesting, because Kevin Feige is overall in Marvel, so it relates, I guess, in a way. Apparently, you know, Disney, since they have the rights to Dragon Ball Z now, Kevin Feige has talked about making it a 15-year franchise for Dragon Ball Z. But I just thought, wow, Dragon Ball Z would probably be fucking amazing to see on screen if they had him in charge because the visuals you saw here between Wanda and Doctor Strange were phenomenal. Like when she, you know, went to Kamatage and and basically ransacked the whole fucking place. Like no matter what they did, like she just kicked ass through this entire film. It was absolutely phenomenal. I didn't mind. I thought it was very interesting, too, the whole music thing. I thought that was more kind of like an autourism style thing. Like, maybe he wanted to make a reference to, like, the old Fantasia movie with, like, Mickey Mouse. I think it was, like, I think it was more of a nod to his, like, one of his breakout films, The Evil Dead. Like, it kind of gave me, like, oh, okay. it kind of gave me Evil Dead vibes, with because like, even, like, the type of red that he used was very similar to that so yeah i i also picked up on that but i think it was i think it was an allusion to his previous work there i don't know could be yeah it was but i mean the visuals were phenomenal like even seeing the demons and stuff on screen it kind of gave you that constantine vibe um but overall i mean of course you know i gotta be biased to spider-man no way home <laughs> but it was excellent by the way, they gave a little tease to that in here. Remember when he was talking to America Chavez? He said, I mean, we got the Spider-Man thing. <laughs> She's like, who's Spider-Man? So I thought it was cool. They kind of gave a little, you know, pillage to Spider-Man No Way Home there with their first, like, multiverse actual thing. Uh, but it was great. And uh, honestly, this really shows what a badass Wanda is. Um, and it brings a lot of questions up I have for debates later. But what about you? Any other takeaways you had? Yeah, a few takeaways too, but just to touch on something that you just mentioned there, especially when it comes to Doctor Strange and his role that he played in Spider-Man where we first had the multiverse sort of deal. I mean, I can't really say it's the first one because I think Loki was the first multiversal mm -hmm. stuff that we really kind of touched on. But the, sure. the Spider-Man side of the deal is it seems to me, 
that Doctor Strange is really becoming a pivotal character in everything Marvel related. Because if you really think about it, we go back to when the Marvel films first were created and talking about like the first Iron Man back in 2008, all the way up until probably close to Infinity Wars. Doctor Strange was an afterthought. He wasn't really a character that you really you know knew too much about. And even his very first film was more of an origin story film, one of the ones that, you know, a lot of backstory, but not a lot of action. So it's easy to forget about the very first Doctor Strange film. And now, yeah, ever since Infinity War, it seems that he's taken a very huge lead role of going forward and i like that as well because obviously you know iron man and robert downey jr iron man he's dead captain america he's gone you know he's just he went and lived the rest of his life with the love of his you know back in um end game there so you know it, it really we're really seeing the next charge of, of marvel characters really take the lead and i think they did a really good transition into that you know it wasn't something that felt forced you know he played like a small like integral roles and then this multiverse of madness he played a huge role into it so I just wanted to touch on that and see if you know other people kind of took notice of that as well. That growing up, Doctor Strange wasn't a pivotal, monumental character in any of these films, and that it really started to pick up after Infinity War. So it was, it was all planned and by design, and I think they did a great job with it. Uh, other takeaways I have is this was the absolute darkest Marvel film I have ever seen. She yeah. murdered, straight up murdered, the majority of the defenders of the Comertage. That, that destroyed them. She also killed every single member of the Illuminati in Universe 838. And not even in just regular ways where you saw that. There was some really graphic stuff. You know, she closed the, sealed the mouth of that one guy and destroyed his brain from the inside. You see the blood just fly out of his head. And then, you know, obviously we didn't get to see what the different, you know, body parts of uh, the, the Captain America in Universe 838, uh, Captain Carol, whatever they called her. You didn't, you didn't see like the body detached, but you you got the inference that she was cut in half, and you saw her unravel the Mister Fantastic like he was a bunch of ribbons, and then yeah, obviously you saw the big statue land on top. Like this was straight up murder. Then at the very end, the Doctor Strange the, from the broken reality verse ends up falling onto the metal fence, and the thing spikes straight through his body. We're seeing straight murder on screen in a Disney Marvel film. We've never seen that before in that sort of way. Like obviously we've seen characters die, but not like that. Not just straight mowing down murder, bloody gore type of stuff. And that was that was pretty crazy to see in a Marvel film. Uh, I also have a, a not so much a debate, but I would argue the point that. This movie could have very easily been called Scarlet Witch in the Multiverse of Madness versus Doctor <laughs> Strange and the Multiverse yeah. of Madness. Because what I took yeah. away from this is how powerful and fucking kick-ass Scarlet Witch is when she wants to be. You know, yeah. like she was outdoing Doctor Strange every step of the way. And when we were doing our little show prep before, and Chase made the point, and I agree with him 100 that. If she she ended up stopping it because of herself and what she saw that she was doing and how it was never going to work out in her favor because her whole plot of this was to get to those children and be the mother of those children. And when she realized those children would never love her like their own mother, that's when she decided to stop. She didn't stop because she was beat. She stopped because right. she was like, ah, shit, I, like, this isn't going to work out the way I thought. It's not going to have a happy ending. So instead of killing more people and you know for no reason... I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna like cease fire basically, but she was not stopped. She could have destroyed everything. So really, that to me the movie was really more Scarlet Witch in the Multiverse of Madness than Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And just a final takeaway I had, and I know you touched on it a little bit, 
just the, the the power that Scarlet Witch has. She she easily defeated easily defeated Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel was sold to us as the strongest Marvel character in creation, and the Scarlet Witch destroyed her. Like it, it took. It took Doctor Strange, who was, like Chase made the argument already, one of the more powerful Marvel characters maybe we've ever seen. You know, maybe top three, top five, who knows, but he's up there. It took him using the Darkhold, going to the dark side, to even have a shot at this sort of deal, and still, if she decided to, really could have still won, won in the end. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have you know, led to a happy ending for her, but she could have accomplished her original goal and destroyed everything and took in the powers from that poor girl, America Chavez. So that's the big takeaway I had is that it's just the, the, just the strength that she has and the power that she has, it's unmatched. I've not seen anything like it. And I don't think we're going to see anything like it. Even we made this argument back in Infinity War when she was able to stop Thanos with one hand, destroy an Infinity Stone with another hand, and Thanos had, what, five or four out of the five Infinity Stones at that time? So she's blocking five Infinity Stones over there, or four in there, destroying the fifth one over here. And like, that was nuts. So we already knew that she was a, like, a crazy beast. And then, you know, we really saw in this film, you know, you don't want to fuck with that bitch, man. I'll tell you right now, like, she's, she's a boss-ass bitch, man. <laughs> like, she's 100%. a bad bitch, dude. <laughs> she's a bad bitch, those, man. Those are the big takeaways that, that I had from the film, for sure. Side note on what you said, too, because I want to bring this up. It wasn't, like, just for our, our listeners that maybe haven't even seen the film. She wasn't just going up against Doctor Strange, either. It was, like, her against Doctor Strange and a fucking army. Like, Doctor Strange had to have a fucking army to try. Even at that final battle, Doctor Strange not only had, like, the body he resurrected that he used with the Darkhold... He also had America Chavez that got set free that finally sent her through the portal. He had Wong. Like, Wong had, like, that friend of his that was part of the army, like, do that thing where he destroyed the book earlier. Like, it was all these people working against Wanda. And on like, top imagine- of that, don't forget <laughs> yeah. the, the souls of the damned on top of it. He controlled, yeah. <laughs> he controlled the souls of the damned to try to trap her as well. So you're right. They, they had everything working against her, and she still was whooping some ass. Dude, if Wanda was like the Night King and raised her own army, like this would be fucking checking mate, dude. <laughs> yeah, she was fucking scary, man. That was crazy. But no, those are those are the big takeaways I had. I don't know, did you have any specific debates that you wanted to go through? Yeah, I got a lot of debates. For my first question, it has a couple of different parts. Uh, for the first question specifically is, one, is that version of the Scarlet Witch Wanda alive? Clearly, I would hope we would get her back in the MCU because she's like such a big part. Or do you think maybe we might get might get the multiversal Wanda back that we saw that was in the multiverse in this film? Do we think we get Wanda back at all? And now, since according to Doctor Strange, she's not back in the lunchbox. Do you think she still is going to? Do you think this is part of the reason why we talked back early in December when we were reviewing Spider-Man No Way Home, why we think maybe 10 years down the road, you know, Peter Parker might kind of start take the reins on that, even though clearly he's not the most powerful. But do you think this is one of those reasons why she has to, they start pushing her out of these lead roles, specifically not lead roles like producers and stuff. I mean, lead roles as in like characters, don't look at her as the leader of the team because she's basically betrayed everybody. So the first part of that question, if I'm not mistaken, was asking if I think the our, our Universe 616 
Scarlet Witch or Wanda end up surviving the tumbling of the of the temple there. Uh, so to that part, I, I think that she did, and I could be wrong here, and maybe it's just me, you know, thinking a little bit too much into it. But if we just th- take a look at the sequence of events that happened on screen, first it showed her lifting up the temple and destroying it when she told Doctor Strange that she's the one that opened the dark hole. She's going to be the one to close it and make sure no one's ever tempted by it again. And she destroys that temple. She lifts the whole damn thing up and starts, it starts crumbling, and she's destroying it. And then you know you see it kind of collapse and fall. Then. It, the, the scene shifts from our universe back to the broken reality universe where Doctor Strange ends up shaking Christine awake and when he, she comes to, you know, he, they realize that it, they, the Dark Hole is going to be destroyed but they look to the Dark Hole, the book that was on the ground that he was using to dreamwalk into the dead body Doctor Strange and it starts burning and turns into ashes and the minute he tells her, like, oh, that, you know, she destroyed the Dark Hole all, every dark hole in every universe and you know to me is like if I think about it scene by scene how could she have done that if she had died in the destruction of the temple that's just like that's the biggest thing that I, I can go through there you know and maybe it's one of those things where the scenes even though it happened one after another maybe that was supposed to be happening same time in real time and maybe it was doing it simultaneously I don't know but I'm I'm a big uh, I'm a big guy on this, and I've always said it. I think I've said it since Game of Thrones. I'm big on I don't believe anyone's dead till I see the body. I, like I'm 100 percent 100. I never believe anyone's truly gone until I see the body. So I I don't believe our universe Scarlet Witch is dead. She was way too powerful to be destroyed by a collapsing temple, in my opinion. Unless she like wanted herself to be killed, that I don't really have an answer for. I guess that's a possibility. But that's my thoughts on the first part of that question. Now, the secondary part, you ask if this is why we end up thinking eventually Spider-Man is going to take over as the leader of the Avengers or the Defenders of Earth. I don't even know if they're going to be called the Avengers kind of going forward just because the majority of them are starting to phase out. You know, Iron Man, uh, Captain America, even, you know, don't want to get anything into it, but we'll talk about it next week, another character as well. Um, you know, and I, I do, I do agree. I think she's got the power to take on a lead role. I think she's a, obviously the biggest asset you could possibly have against any sort of evil, you know, force coming to threaten Earth or you know any sort of galaxy that needs a hero. She's she has all the ability, but can you trust her? That's the thing, and you know, I think that's a really good point. And so, I don't know that they can trust her, and I think that might be why she can never be the absolute focal point. Because I think I can make the case and the argument that the original four Avengers, Captain America was probably the leader. I know you can possibly debate Iron Man, but I believe people trusted Captain America more than they trusted Iron Man. And so I think this is going to be a very similar type situation. Because obviously Iron Man has had more power than Captain America with the use of the technology he developed in the suit and all of that. He was definitely stronger. But it's like, could you really trust Iron Man? He wanted to, you know, take the governor's side, like the the, the people's side, you know, instead of like they, they, he was against their own freedom, you know, and it was it ended up causing a split, and that's where we got you know Captain America Civil War, you know. So it's one of those things that can you can you trust her? And I don't think they can. Um, so that's that's my answer to those to the first you know part one and two of your first debate there. Uh. And uh, to aid your point there about Iron Man, remember even worse was 
I think it was Iron Man 2. He got, like, drunk and was throwing a party at his house and was wearing the Iron Man suit. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't really trust someone like that. But Oh, good um, point. Honestly, let me pick one more. Uh, I want to make more point about that. Remember, they, the, the people who were in charge, the board of whatever, they didn't even want Robert Downey Jr. to be Iron Man, I, I should say, yeah. um, Tony Stark. They Tony didn't, want, Stark, to, they didn't yeah. want Tony Stark to be Iron Man <laughs> because they couldn't trust him. What did he say? He, said he went up on the podium and in the interview <laughs> said, I am Iron Man. <laughs> like, like, right. like, like yeah, they, they, no one could trust him. He was, he was one of those guys just all, on his own, off for his own benefit. He was doing things on his own time. He was a marching to the beat of his own drum from the very beginning. So much for the fact that the people, the, you know, the board of whatever, didn't even want Tony Stark to be Iron Man, but they had no one else that could figure out how to use the suits and stuff yet. So, you know, and then and, you know, obviously he ended up coming around and playing a huge role in the saving of civilization and all that. But yeah, like that, that, it's hard to trust him. Hundred percent hard to trust him. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, a genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. I'll say, you know, (laughs) extremely smart, uh, extremely great leader, but he was a true wild card. That's for sure. (laughs) He was a true wild card, and I think that's the problem. Um, Starting with the first part of my first question there, uh, what I'll kind of say... I think we do get Wanda back. Like you said, I'm, I'm a big, um, I'm a big believer, just like you said, in the fact of if you don't see the body, I think it's still there. I do think at some point, somehow, the other multiverse Wanda will come into play. Maybe that's kind of how, you know, maybe like she, maybe Scarlet Witch kind of turns more back into her normal self later on. Um, and I, I don't think a, if she can take on an entire Illuminati, I don't think a building's gonna stop Scarlet Witch. Like I, I don't think it's possible. But um, as far as the trust factor comes into play, I think you played, you brought up a very big point. There is just like Tony Stark. Like Tony Stark, you know, can have a party at his house. And not kill anyone, but still collapses a building, and even goes into fighting for people that did get collapsed by a building. Full circle moment from Wanda in Captain America: America Civil War, and they still didn't trust him. Much less are gonna are they gonna trust Wanda, which has already been a wild card because she's been killing people from collapsing on buildings, just being reckless with basically on Iron Man's team and Captain America's team doing this. And now she's definitely out of the lunchbox because she went AWOL against an entire army, first of all. Like, and, and that and was her being reasonable also, using the Darkhold. Don't forget, she in WandaVision 2, all the shit she did in her own series, like all she did, all the stuff she did about Westview as well, she like, yeah. <laughs> like went full psycho there too. So they, this is just another like, evidence to what you're saying. But yeah, continue on with her destroying the, the whole civilization of Comitage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I mean... And, uh, you know, before I move on to the second question, what I want to ask you about this is because you brought up a really good point. Like, it should have been called Scarlet Witch and the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, Doctor Strange has his own two films now. I mean, I think I think Wanda deserves I mean, she got her own series, WandaVision, with Vision in there. I think that's great. But I think she really deserved with how she's been with the Avengers since Avengers 2 
and really been even in Captain America Civil War and stuff. I think, you know, you're giving all these people their own films, even like Black Widow and all this other stuff. You know, why has Wanda not had her own film? Like, I don't really agree with that either, because I think she has the potential to be able to be given her own film. You know, so I, I just I just think it's kind of ridiculous. Captain Marvel has her own film, but yet Scarlet Witch has been here the whole time. Wanda has been here the whole time, and she doesn't have her own film. What's your thoughts on that? I think that it's not too late to give her her own film. Because even if we let's just say, for example, we accept the fact that she's dead in our universe. Keep in mind, the, the Black Widow getting her own movie didn't happen until after Endgame, which she's dead. You know, like Black Widow is gone and she's now just getting her standalone film. You know what I mean? So it's not like I, I think it's very possible that we could get uh, a Scarlet Witch stand, like, standalone film later on. Very similar to X-Men and Wolverine. You know, the X-Men series came out. And then we ended up getting, you know, X-Men Origins Wolverine. And we got Logan. And we got, you know, a bunch of other uh, stuff that had to do with him as well. So it's just, just because the sequence of events have happened the way they've happened doesn't mean they won't go back and give her her own film. So I definitely think that it will happen. I just don't think it happened on the timeline people were expecting. Gotcha. That would be a pretty badass film, though. I'd see it. That was absolutely perfect that you brought that up, too, because that goes into my next question (laughs) is the debate here. So we saw the uh, legend himself, Patrick Swayze, man. Don't you think they should have done everything they could to get the tr- the other legend beside him? That would we saw. You know, I I love the fact that Reed Richards was there. What's his name? Not John Cusack. <laughs> John Cusack is the other guy. John Krasinski. John Krasinski from The Office. I I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, but. The one fans would have freaked out over, just like how they did the Spider-Man stuff with Tobey Maguire. If you got Hugh Jackman in there, people would have gone insane. Like, people would have gone insane, even if it was just for, like, a cameo, and then they found, they recasted so him I and just, used him as, like, a I just wanted to say this real quick, just in case people heard that. Uh, he, You accidentally said Patrick Swayze. You meant Patrick Stewart, and that's okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. <laughs> The like, Roadhouse guy. I was like, man, he, he actually passed away a long time ago, man. But no, yeah, Patrick yeah. Stewart. So yeah, rest in peace, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Stewart. That's yeah. his name. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Man, that that'd be another legend that would be in there, Patrick Swayze. But no, point being um, on this question here is next to Patrick Stewart. <laughs> stand corrected there. I'm the worst with names. You guys know that by now. After being on this long journey for practically three years i think you would know that (laughs) anyways no respect patrick swayze was awesome but patrick stewart is awesome too but next to him if if you know i am a huge wolverine fan (laughs) on this channel i think hugh jackman it would have been great if they got him on there um but i guess i mean it probably came to like contracts and stuff but don't you think that would have been absolutely successful? And do you think it would have been better if they brought him in as like kind of like a multiverse thing and did like the Tobey Maguire thing and then recasted him and introduced like another Wolverine? I think that would be really cool just based on what they were able to do with these cameos. I think that'd be cool in a separate film. I just don't think it makes much sense in this instance and in this film. And here's my reasoning why. 
because everyone on the Illuminati was kind of the leader of their respective, you know, divisions, right? Captain mm-hmm. Marvel was the leader, uh, you know, of all Marvel. So, yeah, she's got the Marvel. And, you know, um, Professor X was the leader of all X-Men. Uh, Reed Richards was the leader of all the Fantastic Four. So it just, it wouldn't really, I, I, I just, I don't know. What would you add him in to do? You know what I mean? Just be there and just, like, sh- just show Nostalgia, him. Nostalgia, baby! <laughs> Why do you think Spider-Man made a billion fucking dollars? That's why! You get his ass on the screen? Have you seen that fucking, I wouldn't have saw this just twice. I would have saw it every fucking week. <laughs> I would have saw it every fucking week until it hit Disney Plus, and I would watch it another week after that. Every week after that. Just like the Spider-Man film. I can stream that any day, but I still bought myself a copy to keep in the box. Why it's in mint condition just to say I have it. Because you know why? Because I'm addicted to nostalgia. And it's great. Just like the Jon Snow series, man. I can't wait. I can't wait for the nostalgia, baby. That's so funny, though, because like, like the Jon Snow, that, that's only nostalgia since 2019. It we just three, talked about it like three weeks ago. Yeah, it's so weird. But, but no, like, I mean, where's the nostalgia? I get it, but like, I need nostalgia that makes sense. It made sense for the Tobey Maguire part in No Way Home because there's multiversals of Spider-Man that are you know working together to kind of get shit back together. You know, this yeah. is, I just, I don't know. I just don't see where his, what role he would play uh, in this film. You like, went I, through like 23 universes. You can't find a random ass bar that he goes in and Wolverine is just drinking his fucking sorrows away. I think it would have been perfect. You, this is the one film where they held nothing back and just killed a bunch of people. And it was like a horror film. You have Logan in there just drinking his sorrows away because he's been here for fucking years and nothing's worked out. They're just like, yeah, man. And then they just walk away. They're like, well, that guy's that guy's not going to help us out. <laughs> That'd be great. I, I think that they can do something in a different film. I don't agree that this was the film for that. I think they did a great job with introducing uh, Professor X. I think they did a good job with that overall. Um yeah, I just I just don't see it. I don't see a spot that makes sense to add it into where it'd make a ginormous impact. Unless you're ready to introduce the remaining X Men as well too. Uh, you know, I think that his time's coming. I think I think that's coming for sure. But I just don't. I didn't see it as the right fit for this film. I, you know, as much as it pains me to say, I actually agree with you. Because as much as I would love to see something thrown in left field and then us be like, that didn't fucking make sense, that's fucked up. (laughs) And I would have still fucking loved it because I love that shit. Yeah, like from a writing perspective and, you know, a side note here, like so many people were like, because Sam Raimi that directed the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, as you mentioned, um, was doing this one and so many people were like campaigning to try to throw Toby Maguire in it like same thing like it wouldn't really make sense right. <laughs> at all really so I, I have to agree with you I, I think it would be cool but yeah it wouldn't make sense but um, a funny note on that is he had an interview because so many people were asking him about that before this came out he was like no nothing's on the table but he did say yeah I've never considered coming back but if it was for Kevin Feige and the Marvel cast, that's the only time I would consider it. It so I, I but I think if he ever did come back, because I feel like his, you know, unfortunately, like uh, Wolverine, you know, Logan Hugh Jackman's journey, like he is kind of was before like his his prime and all that stuff, like all his his legacy was before the Marvel universe came out, and that's just the way it worked out. So I think if they ever did do something like that. He wouldn't play a major role. It'd kind of be like a cameo 
uh, thing is what I would think. And they'd kind of pass the torch that way, like kind of like the Tobey Maguire. Last, uh, last one here, and then we can move on to your debates today, is so um, America Chavez, right? Like, I mean, she did hold her own here, and, you know, this was kind of her first real big Marvel film, I guess. I mean, they're coming out. They have that Disney Plus series, I think, on it, but uh, Miss Marvel, but here was, like, her really big chance to show herself, and she held her own against Wanda, especially for, like, um, you know, how she's growing into this role, and you saw at the end, you know, Doctor Strange and, and Wong and his team were kind of starting to train her, and she was saying, you know, I made some sparks, so... I mean, what future role do you think she plays? Do you think she winds up playing a major role later on, even if it's like 30 years down the road? Do you think she has the potential to be that good? Like, what do you see her as her role in the future? I think she's going to be very important because she's the only character that has the power to cross into multiverses. And now she seems to have, by the end of this film, some level of control over it. So I think the ceiling for her character is super high. I think they can, you know, now, and you also saw at the end of this film, she was training with the sorcerers at the, whatever the remains of the Comertage were. So she's trying to become a sorcerer on top of that. So, you know, she's being trained by Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme, and she's got the ability to open portals and cross through different multiverses. I think she's going to be super important. I don't think that you can have... Unless they end up doing this thing where they're able to genetically mutate something else that can cross into different multiverses. If she stands alone as the sole character that can do it, she's invaluable to this series. She's she's super, super valuable. So I don't know if she'll ever take a lead role or we'll look at her like one of somebody's heroes. But I definitely believe that she's going to have a major part to play in the next coming phases of Marvel, like, absolutely. Especially if you know we're going into this full multiversal stuff, how can you not have her play a major role if she's the only character that can travel through multiverses? So that, that's my answer to it. Yeah, that's a very good point. I have to agree with you 100%. I mean, I think especially against stuff like, you know, like we talked in, in Loki, like King the Conqueror and that sort of thing. I mean, that's an element that, I mean, I guess Wanda can dreamwalk there, and then Doctor Strange, we know at the end of this credit scene, <laughs> apparently he's got some allies that can get him through there. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely a unique uh, supernatural ability that I don't think anyone else brings to the table. But, yeah, that's all my debates for the day, man. What about yours? Yeah, I only had one debate that I just wanted to get your thought on and just kind of see where it goes from here. Do you believe that eventually Doctor Strange, our Doctor Strange in our universe, 616, is going to become the Sorcerer Supreme? Like, do you think Wong is going to die and he's going to take the mantle? Do you think he never becomes Sorcerer Supreme here and he's just stuck into the role of the most powerful sorcerer? Uh, what, where do we see that? I'm just curious because obviously in the beginning of this film and in the other films as well, you saw him kind of annoyed that he lost out on the Sorcerer Supreme position due to a technicality. And, you know, they even were taking little digs at him here when he first met America Chavez. She's like, well, the, the Doctor Strange in my universe was Sorcerer Supreme. You know, so do we think that our Doctor Strange eventually becomes Sorcerer Supreme? Or do we think that it just never happens for him and when they pass on to the next phase of Marvel characters after Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, you know, all of them, is it going to be somebody else? You know, maybe potentially America Chavez herself, is she going to become the Sorcerer Supreme? 
But what do we think is going to happen with that position? Do you think that our Doctor Strange ever gets it back, or it's just not meant for him in our universe? I don't. I mean, of course, I don't know. Um, my thoughts on this. I have an interesting thought, and you can just you can probably going to ream me for this. You're going to be like, oh, it's dumb as shit. You even thought of something like that. That's so out of left field. But whatever. I'm going to say it anyways. And people will probably say, like, you know, you're just obsessed with Spider-Man or something <laughs> if I say it. But I have a thought to it, and it, it can kind of make sense. So let's look at so Doctor Strange right now. You know how we saw, like, the third eye, and then he's going with, what's your name? Clea? Clea. Clea. Did I get that? I actually got the name right for once. I almost said Clara. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's her? What was that Egyptian lady's name? Uh, Cleopatra. <laughs> I almost said that. Yeah. Anyways, um, I could potentially see this as maybe he almost winds up because of the way the Darkhold has taken effect. He almost starts pulling almost like how Wanda has been. Like we saw the other Doctor Strange and almost starts corrupting him in a way. And just like, um, what was his friend's name? Mordo or something? Mord? Mordo. Mord. Mordo, yeah. He was saying like it's corrosive to the soul. So maybe it gets to the point it's almost like possessing him. Like those demons. And maybe in a way, um, just a thought here, it takes something... Where, like, America Chavez, like, you know, she's kind of, like, becomes, like, Wong and, and his understudy kind of in a way. This is years down the road. Like, let's just say 10 years down the road or something. Maybe Wanda starts coming back into, like, her normal self after, you know, realizing the wrong she's done and stuff. And then it even takes, you know, the final spin on this is, you know, the the guy that, remember, going back to Spider-Man No Way Home, you forget uh, people forget so much like right before he casted that spell he said you won't remember anyone and remember he's still trying to from where we left off in spider-man no way home we talked about this remember he was trying he was like really wanting mary jane to remember him maybe all that stuff happens and like the final pull to get dr strange back to like come back to normality is you know the final fight there is you have you know, Tom Holland's kind of come into like this badass role finally after training all these years by himself and he starts to remember who he is and the things he did. So just a thought, but I feel like I feel like they're going to go kind of on this whole run where with Clea, you know, they jump through the multiverse and stuff, but you have to have that point where the Darkhold is going to start to take effect of him because he clearly hasn't gotten rid of it yet, or he's going to have to find something to get rid of it because that doesn't just go away. Otherwise, that's a plot hole. What's your thoughts? So that third eye that opened up, which is a direct you know, effect of the, of the usage of the Darkhold, um, I, just, I don't know because he used it for such a short amount of time. I don't know how big of a role that's going to play into his character arc. So, is it something that he's got to shake? Is it something that he ends up controlling and you know just just lives with, and it's just an addition to his power that he uses for good? It it, it just breeds a lot of questions in that re- reform. I guess in that, in that regard, I guess. So, um, I guess like the answer to what I think might happen, and you know if this Doctor Strange is meant to be Sorcerer Supreme in this universe, it's looking like no. Uh, and 
and maybe I'm wrong, and I'm sure you know if there's enough outcry and people are upset because you know they see Doctor Strange as a lead character. Uh, it's just it almost comes down to the same sort of deal with him. Can you trust him to be Sorcerer Supreme and make the decision for you know the masses in that way he thinks is right? Because keep in mind, Christine already got on him about saying you know you need to be one that holds a knife. You have control issues. We also saw that he didn't tell anyone what happened when the Time Stone in Infinity Wars, and he made the decision to destroy half the population because he saw that one, like that one little circumstance that could have worked out in their favor. Match up didn't work out. Then he really sacrificed everybody because he thought he was right. And then you go through here, and he's holding the dark hole, thinking that you know, hey, listen, like I'm gonna use this as like the powers I have to to do the best I can to set this all to right. So it's like. This guy is a wild card himself. We just had the same sort of conversation about you know Tony Stark and and Scarlet Witch. It's you know how how can he be the Sorcerer Supreme if you know he doesn't take any sort of I don't know counsel or advice or you know he doesn't come together as a team and you know collectively decide on an outcome. He just does what he thinks is right in the moment, and it's you know. Eh. It can cause a lot of problems, and you just saw him with that girl who cut open the time space continuum at the end of credit scenes. He just jumps in right ahead. It's like, oh, let's go fix this thing. I'm not scared. Let's go ahead. Like, well, the hell, man. <laughs> you know, he he seems just to be, you know, in my opinion, Doctor Strange is very much a wild card of himself, and so because of that, I think that Wong's going to be Sorcerer Supreme until his time comes to an end, whether he dies in battle. Or, you know, he just ends up getting to an old age. I really think that it's possible that America Chavez is being groomed to become the Sorcerer Supreme after their time. I think that would make a lot of sense because then she's a Sorcerer Supreme and she can travel through multiverses. She's got a multitude of powers that other people don't have. And she's, you know, shown the ability to work together in, you know, at, at this point in time anyways. And, you know, he, she even, keep in mind, she took, you know, she took up for Doctor Strange when Christine didn't want to give him... The, like where they were gonna find the the uh, that book, the book of Ashanti, and she's like, no, but for some reason this this Doctor Strange is different. Like you sh you should trust him. So you know, I don't know. She seems to have the ability to work collaboratively. She's got powers that others don't have, and she's she's being trained underneath the Sorcerer Supreme right now. So I think it's very possible that that could be where it's headed. Is that ten like you said, ten years down the road, that will be the 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 baton handing of the baton or the passing of the torch. From her to her, I just don't think Doctor Strange, at least in my opinion, and I could be wrong, and you know, I'll be very open if I am. I don't think he's meant to be Sorcerer Supreme in our in our time in our universe, just because I don't I just don't know you can trust him. And that's that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, but yeah, who knows? Who knows? This they've added so much shit now. <laughs> no telling what's gonna happen. But yeah, I mean, uh, any final thoughts you were thinking for the day? Only final thought that I have is that it was really refreshing to see a Marvel film really embrace a dark side. Like we've seen DC films do this. The problem is with a lot of those DC films, it goes into a dark storyline, but sometimes the plot isn't great, and it you know the, the the story itself falls apart along the way. Where this, you know, if I you know think about it as a totality, the film was good. The film was very good. I really enjoyed it. I just I I really was excited to see Marvel take a dark tone to a film and have no remorse about just savagely butchering some characters in that motherfucker. So I thought that was pretty cool to see. 
So, uh, you know, what I'll say is if I was going to give this film a grade of 1 through 10, I'll give this bad boy an 8.6 out of 10. I'll go ahead and, and give that a rating. What about you? What do you have? Do you have any final takeaways or a final rating? Yeah, I'll give it an 8.6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I mean, right there with you. I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't have... It wasn't my favorite Marvel film. Um, even, honestly, Spider-Man No Way Home isn't my favorite. I know y'all think y'all... I know y'all think I'm super biased, but I love Spider-Man No Way Home because of the nostalgia of it. Sorry, Infinity War is still there for me. <laughs> but um, it, was a, it was a great film. Like, I, I love the horror aspect of it and all the visuals, and I love that they were wanting... They were able to take a risk that they really haven't been able to do before, and especially with Marvel being you know more of a family audience it's not like game of thrones where you have ramsey bolton over there torturing people <laughs> it's definitely not like that um but to to definitely um uh i gotta give props to sam raimi on this you know it, to take the risk that he did to do something different uh i gotta give credit where credit is due and i respect that i i like it so and I like what they did. I, I don't see any other person that could have been a worthy villain for Doctor Strange, in all honesty. And and they hit the nail on the head. So with that, I'll let you close this out, man. For sure. I just want to mention two little minor issues I had on why you know it didn't really rank higher for me. And the two main things that really bugged me were the fact that, for some reason, the unit when... The, our universe is Scarlet Witch dreamt walked into 838's universe is Wanda she just like automatically knew where the Illuminati's building was like I don't right. I don't yeah. really know because keep in mind cool. when when Doctor Strange and America went to the Sanctum Sanctorium they were drugged in the tea and they were taken to where the Illuminati's building was they didn't know where it was themselves they were taken there mm -hmm. so all of a sudden this Wanda like, she knows exactly where that building is where the Illuminati is to just come in and try to uh, you know kidnap America it didn't make any sense I hated that and the other part that really annoyed me too is that when she threatened Wong with the lives of the some of the surviving people at the, the Comertage to give her the secret of what can be done now that the Darkhold was destroyed. Like, it's it's like, okay, so you just threaten people and they're just going to give you the secret up? They're just going to tell you, okay, right. oh, you threaten, you threaten all these lives? Like, yo, you already basically killed everyone here. Like, at this point, if I can stop you from doing it, like, you're not going to figure it out. So, I don't know. It just it seems like a common theme with a bunch of these movies. It's like, okay, we're going to threaten the loved ones of these characters and then they're going to give up the secrets. It's like, you're going to run into people eventually just yeah. like, dude, it's just not worth it. Go ahead and kill them if you have to, because like, I'll die along with them. But I just, I, I always bothered right. me that that's, the, that's just the, the trope that they always go on is, all right, we're going to threaten these people. Because it's not like it was his wife or his kids. It was his people who signed up to be sorcerers, knew the risk, and they understood that like we're going to probably die in the field of battle eventually, whether it's against someone like Thanos or maybe if it's against our own people, who knows? But they knew the risk they signed up for, and you're just going to give up the secret to spare their lives? I don't know. That really fucking bothered me. But those are like, two of like, the biggest things that really stood out to me that, that I had an issue with. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, I guess right before we close out, I'll tell you the issues I had. I didn't have much of an issue. One, I felt like there was no really main character that died like yeah you, i mean you killed the illuminati but we don't know those people like we finally saw those people first like cool like peggy carter i get it like she had her series there but at the same time there's no it wasn't like 
you know, end game where you're Tony Stark or anything. Like, like even if like Wong died or something, like I feel like you should have made some sort of big pinpoint there. But well, to the they point didn't. of your debate that you first started out with, right now it leads us to believe that Scarlet Witch could be dead. We don't know. Maybe she is. Because that is true. Like, I you mean, know what you I mean? Never know. You never know. I just didn't really feel like if from anyone that died. I didn't besides Scarlet Witch, right? I, I didn't have any real attachment to that I cared. <laughs> like I really didn't. Even like Reed Richards, like you know, it, we saw him this film only for that version. You know, um, other than that, I mean, I feel oh, I think you're. It's kind of like I agree with what you're saying too. Like it's kind of like that's just you're right it, it felt even in a way to like almost like they've been repeating the same pattern of the epic journey like it's almost like the same style like even starting it off like some big octopus monster just shows up in the middle of the city like infinity wars started that way like they just came down the spaceship that makes sense because thanos was coming to get the infinity stones but this one just appears through a portal out of how many portals in the multiverse yeah she you know like, like what's the odds of that i, I mean think I she get was the, being chased the, so, you know she was being chased through the universes and she ended up landing in this one and that you know one of the monsters that came out happened to be in here but no i get it it sends it tends up being the same sort of repeating theme that all it starts off with like a low level monster causing a problem in the middle of the city and then it goes from there like it happens very often yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that, you know, overall, I really enjoyed it. Like, I mean, it's one I, I really would just kind of, like, sit down to play in the background because the visuals are, like, fucking cool. Like, that's awesome. Same thing with Spider-Man No Way Home. I love seeing Tobey Maguire. He's badass. Same thing with Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland's the shit. So, I mean, there's no getting any better than that. But <laughs> just kind of like Legolas, you know? Like, <laughs> just kidding. No, it's, but it, it was a great film overall. I, I truly did enjoy it. So... Um, yeah, you want to close us out for the day? Sounds like a plan, man. You know, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We hope you enjoy what you heard today. Uh, next week, we'll be going to be jumping into Thor: Love and Thunder, and you know, kind of the same way I took us through here today. Chase will be, you know, taking the lead on Thor: Love and Thunder next week, so that's going to be fun to tackle. And you know, for people who've been with us from the very beginning, thank you for your continued support. If you're looking to figure out where you can find us, we're on Instagram at official ridiculous patronus. We're on TikTok at Ridiculous Patronus. We have a backup Instagram at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. Backup TikTok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. We have a Facebook fan page, Jason Josh Factor Fantasy. We have our own website, ridiculouspatronus.blogspot.com. We're on Twitter at RP Factor Fantasy. We're on Snapchat at RP Factor Fantasy. We've got our YouTube channel, Ridiculous Patronus. So go ahead and click like, subscribe, follow along at any of those or all of those channels. Uh, we also really appreciate if you leave us any sort of reviews and also star ratings. So if you are looking to figure out where the podcast is specifically, if you are an Apple user, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you're an Android user, you can find us on Spotify, Google Play. We're also on iHeartRadio. We're on Audible. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Podbean. We're on Stitcher. We're on Acast. We're on anywhere that you get your podcast. Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy are there. But we are out for the day because you know this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing off. off.